0: What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here, ready to talk some football with my good buddy, Andy Herman. It's a victory Monday, Andy. And, you know, we have made some uh, quips, some lighthearted remarks in the past about special teams being, you know, a positive and a big contributor. But, I mean, we can't joke about it this week because they were a huge contributor to a win on a Packers Sunday. How about those special teams?
1: It is awesome to be talking about competent special teams on this victory Monday and not only competent, but like you said, winning football special teams, man, what a night and day difference that three special teams aces like Keyshawn Nixon and Rudy Ford and Dallin Levitt and Isaiah McDuffie, I thought had a nice game, like just a a group of players who are dedicated to the craft of special teams. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not going to get the huge, you know, free agent signings in the off season, but Man, Rudy Ford, Dallin Levitt, Keyshawn Nixon, all three just under the radar, undervalued free agent signings by Brian Gutekinds. Not a ton of money to spend in free agency. He gets those guys, Pat O'Donnell, and they played huge and paid huge dividends in this
0: game specifically. I mean, O'Donnell is such a great under the radar, so to speak, signing as far as what he's brought to the table (laughs) so far now. I understand, Packers fans. We've been burned before as far as guys booting it and huge kicks and great directional punting, and it all looks great in September and maybe some October games. But then November and December hit, and it all falls apart. you got to think, with O'Donnell's history of kicking in cold weather in Chicago, hopefully it doesn't fall off too much. But what's so fascinating to watch is, you mentioned Ford. Every single time they want to punt directionally, like he seems to be their specialist as far as, okay, we're going to go whatever side he's lined up on. That's where we're going to direct the kick. And he's there. He beats it. Whoever they put across from him, his speed is so just kind of on the other level that it doesn't matter what you try to do. He is going to get down there and he's at least going to make your guy think about calling for a fair catch.
1: I don't know if this is a, a hot take or not. I'm not a, a special teams enthusiast enough to know, but like I I legitimately think just in a few short games and we'll see what the rest of the season does. Like I, I can't remember a, a specialist as good as he has been. I know Jared Bush, maybe right. Jeff Janis for a little bit, but like Don Beebe maybe back in the day, but like, I, I just don't remember Travis Jervie, but I don't remember anyone that had the impact that he's had in a few short games. And it's, it's, there's legitimately, As nerdy and as lame as this sounds, there's a legitimate, like, I'm excited to watch Rudy Ford on this punt to see how quickly he's going to get down there. Every time.
0: It it was frustrating in the second half, and we'll get to the offense in a second, obviously, when they weren't able to convert. They did have to punt a lot, but for as well as they played, and look, I tweeted about it during the game. They hidden yardage in this game because of special teams in that punt unit. The ability to continually pin the Buccaneers back and give them long fields to work with and – you know the defense played well but a big part of that is this offense for the bucks they had to go 80 90 yards nearly every time they touched the football that's so monstrous it can't be overstated how important that contribution to this victory was
1: not to to bring up a a poor subject on a victory Monday, but this special team against the 49ers last year, the Packers win that game easily, like legitimately easily if they have this special team's performance against the 49ers. Like it is a night and day difference. There's a long time left. I'm sure there'll be things that we get are are able to get frustrated at throughout the course of the season. But man, through three games, we were, we were just hoping for like, I don't know, 26th, 27th best special team, something that wasn't (laughs) going to be an absolute nightmare. And This is looking like a real, sound, solid special teams group, which is so exciting.
0: It is exciting. Um, Flipping it over to the offensive side of the ball, which started off exciting, but then certainly seemed to lose their mojo after Aaron Jones' fumble. It's interesting to go back and watch the game. I've gotten to see most of it again, and the execution, yes, is obviously night and day from the first half to the second half, but to me, it is a big part of it was Tampa Bay changing their approach. You saw a lot of exotic stuff from Bulls early in that game, and the Packers weathered that storm and were able to pick up most of it and find an underneath, you know, route runner, etc. But when they switched to, the, not exclusively, but a lot more just two man, it, it really gave the Packers problems, and mostly because they couldn't run the football. They got some yardage from Dylan and a little bit from Jones there at the end, but their inability – To take advantage of that too high look really hurt them in the second half.
1: We are 100% in lockstep, and I I do think the biggest thing was still execution. I thought there were a couple running plays where they just get that last block. They had an opportunity to make some hay uh, in the running game, and I think things would have looked a little bit different. Uh, But I think Tampa basically challenged these wide receivers on the outside and said, we're going to play too high. We're going to play press man. We don't think you can get off of it. We don't think you can beat it. And we can stop the run with our guys on the inside. I thought Tampa Bay's run defense was much more sound in the second half. I thought they elevated their level of of play whereas green Bay started strong. And then I I don't even know if it necessarily tailed off, but they didn't match Tampa Bay's, you know, sort of enthusiasm and almost violence. I thought in the second half, I did think this sort of regressed to the game that we sort of expected it to be all along, which is going to be a drag out, punch you out, violent defensive Mm -hmm. football game. And I'm happy that green Bay was able to win that. I would have liked to have seen green Bay have a little bit more fight offensively in the second half to put some of those drives away. Um, I don't know if you noticed anything else. i I thought there were opportunities to to execute, and they didn't necessarily do it. I still put it more on execution, but it was it was uh, it was a night and night and day difference between the first half and the second half.
0: It's something I want to ask Matt actually here in an hour when we have his uh, availability. It just seems like when they go they get into that defense where teams are going to do this. You know, we've seen it a lot, especially against Aaron Rodgers, where they want to play too high and they force you to either try to run the ball or, put together 10, 12 plays to get a scoring drive going. It just seems that like the slant, you know, some of the, the rub route stuff, like if you have a bunch set with a late crosser, that seems to be available if they get to it. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because it's not in the game plan or they don't, you know, they didn't rep it during the week, but they just seem so slow to get to some of that stuff. It's funny because you mentioned you know Tampa Bay basically saying we don't think we, you can beat us, and they couldn't for the most part, except for the one big play to Alan Lazard when he beats him out of the slot up the right sideline, and then the the real pivotal third down. I think it was the last time the Packers were on offense when Rodgers takes that sack. The one thing he cannot do in that situation, but it sure looks like uh, again they have two, they have three guys on the left, two of them run off, and you know Dobbs is open. On that slant. And I know Aaron said there was nobody open on the interview on the field, but I think when he goes back and looks at the tape, he'll, he'll see Dobbs is open on that slant if he just plays in rhythm. And to me, that's the thing that's so frustrating when you're watching this team that is able to execute at such a high level for three drives essentially in the first half. And then for whatever reason, things there is kind of like just something that short circuits nearly every play uh, once they get that too high look and they just can't run out of it.
1: I, I was surprised they didn't get to some of those man beaters quicker. And I do think, like, Matt LaFleur almost, like, alluded to it. Uh, at the, I don't know if it was in his interview with Larry or if it was in his right. game presser, but um, of, like, they need to be sort of better prepared for that. And, th- th- like, they have all this stuff in their
0: playbook, right? So it, it exactly. is Exactly, and that's what's so kind of, like, it's so flummoxing, right? Yep. The idea that we've seen it a hundred times, but for whatever reason, they don't seem to be able to get to it, and I, that's weird to me.
1: And then that third down play is like such a great example of like there's it's a million percent scheme for Romeo Dobbs in that play. That that play is first read only read basically Romeo Dobbs and Rogers is looking right on the play to begin with. And there's not anything going on to the right. And then, as you mentioned, he's got a clean pocket, which he steps up into uncharacteristically, where if you just go with the flow of the play. Um, you're completed. I don't know if Dobbs gets the first down. I think he is. And there. that's
0: and that's the thing because I've had a, a number of people push back on this very point. Right. Well, well, he doesn't get the first down. No, but at least it's a, you know, positive yardage and be a possibility for a field goal. It's at least there, and he could still, if you hit yep. him in stride, he still could pick up As the first a down. Agreed. All of that is preferable to taking a sack that's- and having to punt. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, like, you know, going into that play, like, again, that's the read, that's the play. You know that there's a chance that it, it's just, there's very little separation and Dobbs is either going to have to just make a play on his own or it's just not going to work. But like, that's the play, run the play, execute it, see what happens. Maybe get a face mask, who knows? But like, again, you, it, yeah, it's tough to take the sack in that situation.
0: Overall though, I was surprised. You mentioned how the second half became kind of the game we were all expecting going into yep. it as far as being, you know, very physical, very defensive oriented two to, offenses that are banged up and trying to like piece things together offensively. But man, the execution in that first half, some of the stuff we saw got me so excited because this still is very early on in the season. You're 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 rotating at left tackle, you know, something that you know not a very normal mode of operation here in the NFL. But man, just getting Dobbs involved, seeing some of the stuff that Randall Cobb was able to do. Alan Lazard being called upon in in key moments. I mean, there's a path forward there because we all know, yes, the running backs need to be the focal point there. Zero question. We all agree on that. But man, if you can start getting those other complementary pieces working on a regular basis, look out because this offense, you know, that shows that's the window into what's possible and what they could potentially do here going forward these next few few games at least.
1: Yeah, I said almost the same thing on Pack-A-Day today with a very high level of glee in my voice because, (laughs) um, I I mean, I I watched, I think, games just a little bit different because, you know, we know this is going to, barring something catastrophic, this is going to be a playoff team come the end of the year. This is clearly one of the seven best teams in the NFC. I don't think there's any question about that. so. What I'm looking for, in, especially early in the season, but as the season goes along, is, is process. And I, I want to see, like, what does what the ceiling of this team look like? When you're in a, a game in January, February, and you're uh, playing a very tough physical football team, well, what what does the process look like? And uh, th- certainly it was not 60 minutes of of that on, on Sunday. And clearly Tampa Bay is missing some players. It's not a finished product by any means. But you could see the formula. You could see a tough, physical, grinded-out defense that's going to make you earn every yard, that's going to get key turnovers, that responds to adversity, that holds teams down, and and it it makes it really difficult to score against. You can see, crazy as it sounds, a competent special teams. And you can see (laughs) this offense – if I think when the offensive line gels together and Elton settles down at right tackle and hopefully Bakhtiari's back full time, I thought Royce had his best game in a long time, Agreed. just being able to stay yes. at right guard yesterday. Um, like you could see a path forward for this offensive line. You could see a path of Romeo Dobbs being an explosive playmaker. He needs to do a better job getting off press, but you could see a path. You could see like if you see what should have probably been touchdowns on the first three drives of this game against in my opinion maybe the best defense in football right now there is so many positives to take away from that now again have to do it for 60 minutes can't have an eight you know eight over eight spell on third oh, downs man. that you go in and, and things like that so can't have the fumble on the goal line clearly there's a lot to improve upon but the the process was there and you could see a very firm a uh, formula moving forward for how this team could win games in January and February.
0: No question. And that's the thing you touched on that. that I'm glad you said it because it's it, the idea that this is one of, if not the best defense they'll face all year. Yep. Like no question about it. They are stacked. They are talented. They are super well coached. And that makes that kind of, you know, three drive kind of opener. So exciting because again, this is a very, very, very good defense and the Packers were able to move the ball. They just didn't adjust very well in the second half. I don't think. Right. Um,
1: And a little really quick, too. Yeah. Play that game and, and have those three drives and, and again win against Tampa Bay. I didn't think Aaron Rodgers or Elton Jenkins or uh, really uh, like Aaron Jones has the fumble. Like those are three guys that I didn't think had particularly great games. That more often than right, not right. are going to have particularly great games. Like if Elton and, and Aaron uh, play, uh, Rodgers play really well and Jones doesn't have a fumble, I mean it's a night and day difference. And you're
0: they looking put the game drive. away. They put yeah, the game away easily, there on that drive. No so, question yeah. about it. I know. Be fine. I, put, be fine. I put Rodgers in the bad category in my good bad and the ugly yep. and i heard from several packers fans he they was were, go, were, go watch
1: 22 he was in
0: I, the just, bad category. I just i just you know especially the the interception and then some of the high he off throws to his credit he took complete ownership of as he often does but yeah i didn't think he had a particularly strong game let's switch it over to the defensive side to someone who did have a strong game and that's kenny clark i gotta do it i gotta say it every week he is a man among boys he wrecks everything every offense if they aren't they should be concentrating on him. Number one, I think Devondre Campbell had a really nice game. Uh, I thought Razul Douglas after Jair went down, really stepped up Mm -hmm. his game. But to me, it all starts with Kenny Clark. I mean, you talk about a complete game record and you could see Tampa had to kind of move away from him, adjust their protection. They had no real solid answers for him other than, okay, let's keep the ball as far away from him as possible.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and and certainly Tampa was missing Ryan Jensen in that game, that Ryan Jensen, Kenny Clark matchup from what the NFC championship game a couple years ago is still one of my favorite pieces of film of all time because those two just behemoths just went at it and was so fun to watch. But uh, they didn't have Ryan Jensen and it showed in Kenny Clark. And that doesn't even matter because Clark's going to make his plays no matter what. But uh, man, like I'm running out of adjectives and superlatives to say about (laughs) Kenny Clark because he's just doing it week after week after week. He nobody is in Aaron Donald territory because that man is a beyond freak. But that right. next tier, the Chris Jones, the Kenny Clarks, the Grady Jarrett's, the whoever else you want to put in that tier, Kenny is right there and he might be on top of that entire second, you know, next tier after Aaron Donald doing it in the run game, doing it in the pass game. It, it again, it's not always the sexiest because it's not that quick one step over and he's exploding into the backfield. But, man, just pushing centers back into the quarterback, throwing guys around and making plays in the backfield on running plays – Um, If if anyone that's watching this doesn't hasn't had a chance just to go and enjoy and just watch Kenny Clark for a full game. Like even if you just do it on the condensed version or whatever, just take some time and watch what he does in what 50 plus plays in a game. And it is one of the most fun things to watch. And one other name I'll add to that list that you mentioned. I thought Keyshawn Nixon was phenomenal coming in for Jair Alexander.
0: And you got to think that's something he did while not probably having most of those reps in practice. Exactly. You know exactly. I mean? Like that guy came off the bench literally and played that well.
1: You know, Brady challenges him in the end zone and he has a perfect pass breakup. He has the forced fumble. He downs the punt at the one yard line. You know, he he's played, you know, minimal snap. He had the one snap against Minnesota, had the huge hit uh, right, and, yeah, and makes him short of the third so down. Like just... Again, an incredible find by Brian Gutekunst. I know Rich Passaccia had a say in that one as well, but the the guy did not get a restricted free agent offer from the Raiders. He gets zero guaranteed dollars on a one-year vet minimum, basically vet minimum deal for a guy that's 25 years old. And again, is a solid special teams player, played some solid slot corner a year ago. Um, Just an amazing find by Brian Gutekunst.
0: It's fun to look at all the things the defense did yesterday through the first 57 minutes right and then you get to the end of it and again special teams does its job right great punt they got to go the whole basically the length of the field to to even entertain getting a touchdown and then trying a two-point conversion man did joe barry play the percentages there i mean i get the idea of okay the odds of them not only marching down the field and getting the touchdown and getting the two-point conversion are very long i understand that but who, baby, did it feel like? Okay, I'm just gonna play those odds. Like there was no even attempt to try. You know, he sent pressure on one play, but who, baby, I, I, I was definitely my heart was racing on, on that final drive. Yeah, it felt
1: like the the classic Tom Brady, you know, drive where you let him hang Here around too go. long for apparently yep. no reason he get like <laughs> the touchdown seemed in, inevitable. The two yep. points seemed inevitable. And this was going to come down to a crazy Packers overtime game, which we didn't want to see the end of. Right. So yep. um, I think the thing that I disliked most is if we're playing the percentages, if we're playing the odds, if we're thinking like casino style, what gives us the best opportunity? I can understand like the idea of like, all right, we're going to give them one drive and we're going to make them score a touchdown and a two point conversion. And even if that happens, we still have overtime as an opportunity to win. We don't think they can go touchdown drive, two point conversion drive and beat us in overtime. So there's certainly some odds to play there. However, in this situation, I almost would have liked, all right, once you hit that two minute warning um, just just in a, a,
0: Because, in my opinion, then you actually give yourself another out. Like You still have that two uh, two point conversion to have the
1: opportunity to win the game. And now you have an out where even if they get the two point conversion,
0: you've got on with the, the two-minute
1: drive. Exactly. Yeah. To go down and score points. So um I, I get all you maybe, need is a field goal. Exactly. All you need is a field win goal. The game. And in 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 the other way, you risk the opportunity of Brady going down, scoring a touchdown, getting the two-point conversion, Tampa winning the toss, now going against a tired Packers defense that was just on the field for the last 10 plays yep. and going down and scoring a touchdown again and not having Aaron Rodgers touch the ball again. So I actually would have liked the philosophy to be, hey, we actually have a little bit of house money to play with here. We're going to be extra aggressive. If by chance they beat us, we still have the two-point conversion to stop. And even if they get that, now we've got Aaron Rodgers on the two-minute drill.
0: Although I will say, after watching Aaron Rodgers and the offense for a half, I probably Fair. understand not wanting to put them back out there, especially after that final third down. And to be clear, I'm with you. I'm with you. I was thinking that during the game because it's like, okay, yeah, it, yes, the risk is you give up an explosive, right? Like, I yep. totally understand that. But that does mean that they traverse the field, and now they're down there, and either, like, they score or what have you, but you have an opportunity to stop them, and there's time left on the clock. Yep. That's the thing where I, I just the, – the prevent, man. Whew, they, <laughs> and and to
1: be fair, to we, we get to be critical after it worked. Yes, like, they got, no, they got the win. Yeah, they got the two yeah. points. So like, hey, shout-out like,
0: to Vondre Campbell. That play yeah. – to tip that ball away on the two-point conversion is absolutely outstanding. The athleticism there, holy cow. That, I mean, and I thought he had a really strong game overall. I think there were a couple plays he'd probably say he'd have to clean up, etc. Yeah. But for the most part, that was Devondre's best game of the season so far. I, don't I, I, I
1: talked to Alex Stroff about this last night, but like I get uh, the underwear Olympics in the offseason get a little bit ridiculous as we measure right. hand size and you know <laughs> everything else. Right. But like, man, that every tenth of a second in the 40 yard dash and every, uh, you know, half of a centimeter on that six, three plus heights for Devondre Campbell and his leaping ability on the vertical jump, that all shows up on a play like that, where you've got a six, three guy who can leap out of the building, who can get to any spot on the field. You know, it, it's going to show up through the majority of the game, but in a situation like that game on the line, everything's condensed. Man, the speed of Savage covering a wide receiver on that play, Devondre Campbell making it so that you can't get it over the top of his head. All of those things end up mattering in a situation like that.
0: And I love, you know, both Rodgers and Lafleur indicated that that is a, a play that they had absolutely repped in practice. Like they expected to see that play. I mean, yeah. that's what good teams do. That's on the coaches. That's on the scouting staff. That's a job well done by everybody there just to know exactly what was coming, which certainly helped. There's no doubt about that. Very much so. Um, Andy, can't thank you enough for hanging out again here every uh, day after a Packers game. We like to talk some football and I really love doing it each and every week. Can't thank you enough.
1: Hey, can't wait to do it again. Let's get another Victory Monday next week.
0: That's what I'm talking about. For Andy, I'm Aaron. We'll talk to you next week. Go Pack Go.